Welcome to the Operate Podcast, where we give you a behind-the-scenes look at company building from the perspective of the builders themselves. This is how we operate. Welcome to the Operate Podcast. I'm Kerry Ransom. Today's episode is sponsored by Hunt Club, which is a new category of search firm that leverages the power of relationships and referrals to find you the best talent for your company. They use technology to transform thousands of subject matter experts into the world's most powerful talent network. They've got over 10,000 trusted industry leaders that refer top talent that they know nationwide to exciting positions like yours. Uh, reach out to me if you want more info or you can go to huntclub.com and tell them that Carrie sent you. I'm super excited to have my friend Joshua Lee with me on the show today. Before we get to hear from him though, let me tell you a little a little bit about Joshua. He is currently the founder and CEO of Ardius, which is a super fast growing SaaS startup that helps companies identify and recover tax credits. I've had the pleasure over the last year of getting to know him, and we have plenty of things to talk about every time we get together, whether it's about startups, uh, life as an investor, or even his uh, former big company background uh, at ENY. They have done some remarkable things in a very short period of time at Ardius, helping companies recover millions of dollars in tax credits from things like research and development. And they've done it by building their product and their company and really helping people uh, recover this to feel like non-dilutive capital, which is awesome. When you're a founder and you hear the words non-dilutive capital, your ears almost Music immediately theory. perk up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, he, he has been in and around this world for a while. So we'll talk about that. But he finally decided he needed to actually build a company purpose-built to do this. So we'll, we'll talk about how Artis came to be. Um, the other thing you know, I love about Joshua is he's super oriented to SoCal. Uh, he's got degrees from both of the big LA schools, an undergrad at, at UCLA and a master's at USC. And he's building the company primarily here uh, in SoCal as well. So we'll talk about that too. Joshua, great to have you here on the Thanks Oscar for having podcast. me, Kerry. Absolutely. I'm already on uh, Hunt Club, by the way. I, I love that, that intro. I'm already there looking things up on Hunt Club. That's great. I love it. I love it. So you, I gave a quick intro to Artius, but I always like to, you know, let you as the, the founder describe it. I think the best way is, you know, tell me about a client that is using your software and what the impact it's having on their business. Yeah. Uh, the first uh, company that comes to mind is a, is a typical startup, right? They're probably in their uh, second, even third year, right? I've never even thought about taxes. Let's be honest. Yep. It's probably the last thing on most people's minds. Uh, they're busy running uh, the business. They're fundraising. Uh, they're making their you know first viable product, right? Mm -hmm. Going out to market, and then you know we come along, right? And they you know plug into our software, and we basically take data that's already in existence, all the expenses, uh, all the payroll. Uh, their tax returns. There's a basically a digital footprint that we call it, right? Whether it be in your general ledger, right? I'm using all these accounting terms, so hopefully I'm not scaring sure. everyone. But, but they look at this and then we pull that and extract that information and then we can tell them what they basically qualify for, 
So basically we start with the R&D tax credit. It's by the biggest and most non-dilutive credit there is. So dollar for dollar, uh, you know, it can uh, offset your tax liability. And in most cases, right, for startups, there's no tax liability, right? Mm -hmm. They're either pre-revenue, uh, they're in uh, perpetual maybe operating losses. And that's okay. For us, we can take these credits and then monetize them into payroll, right? Payroll tax uh, offsets, mm -hmm. which it could be huge, right? So even though there's no liability, you may have, you know, five or six full-time, um, you know, mm -hmm. employees, and that could actually get offset with some of our credits that could actually extend, you know, runway, right? Number one. And number two might even go back into your operating, you know, budget. So, mm -hmm. and that's, what's crazy. It's, it's basically taking uh, a look back, right? As easy as we create a framework for the current year, we can then obviously create an infrastructure going forward and just as easily take a look at going, you know, backward in, in time. And so we're not asking the companies to do anything different. It's just let us, you know, scour through the, the financial, you know, data and let us come out with, you know, what we think might potentially qualify for these credits. So amazing. So Couple things. One, give give my audience a sense of the scale of mm -hmm. how much of this is available and actually utilized today. Yeah. So, as of 2018, so that's you know, I guess the the data is catching up uh, as most government censuses are. But it was it was roughly 12 and a half billion, right? That was uh, uh, claimed, mm -hmm. right, in in R and D credits. And again, this is just an estimate but you know offline and online you could tell just even talking with the irs that only about you know 20 percent of all companies are actually claiming the r d credit that are eligible so yeah. take that and extrapolate you know that 12 and a half billion and you're talking you know no less than 50 billion yeah. right that that is eligible or that's out there and that's part of the you know the challenge right is just education Right. You don't yes. know what you don't know. Okay. And most companies, I can tell you, you know, they, they say, Josh, great, great to meet you. We love RDS, but we don't qualify. And that's literally the first reaction is we don't qualify mm -hmm. for for R&D. Right. Because, you know, the tax definition of R&D is so broad, much broader mm -hmm. than what we typically think, you know, with like a white laboratory code, you know, sure. trying to discover Noon's 15th law. Mm -hmm. but, but really, it's it's a lot broader in the IRS. And the federal government have a very different definition, right? Uh, and that most companies don't even know they qualify, which is, which is again, um, part of our job and maybe sure. very helpful that, that we're on, you know, your awesome, you know, podcast here. So. Well, I, I mean, I, I think you, you know this, I mean, I've, I had personal experience with this many years ago when I was selling a company only to realize we had a, we had a huge net operating loss. And I thought, oh, we're not going to have any tax. And we saw a big tax bill. And in exploring how to offset that, I was able to go back many, many years and recover credits to offset that tax liability. And so I was a believer. But I think your point's a great one, which is I mean, there's so many technicalities. And if you're an early stage startup, for the most part, you, you probably can't justify having a full-time accounting and finance staff anyway. Mm -hmm. And so then if you have a, a part-time or you, you get your first person, the chance that they're an expert in all of these 
intricacies and nuances is, is incredibly low, right? And so we've seen a, a significant increase in the number of tools and, and intelligent solutions like yours to try to help here. And it's kind of been a little bit of a renaissance, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's funny. We, we've been touted as like the, the honey for taxes, right? Mm. So basically, you're, mm-hmm. you, know, you got your shopping cart, you're, you're, you're about to check out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're always wondering, I wonder if there's a coupon code, you know, that could, uh, you know, nice little plug for, for honey there. And, and yeah. but, but for us, it's the same thing. Like we, you know, you're, you're doing your normal course of business. You have your tax return. You're wondering, you know, I wonder if there's anything else, right, that we're not picking up, that we're not mm-hmm. maximizing or optimizing. Yeah. Right. So R&D credit's great. It's, it's, a, it's a, again, a, a great digital footprint into the company. But I mean, there's so many other things. That's right. I think one of hundreds of, of credits that we're looking at, right, that we can actually pinpoint and figure out based on, on data, whether or not you, you could qualify or not. So Yeah. And it makes all the sense in the world because when you're in those formative years, and I would say, in, you know, even as you get into more stability as a company, every dollar matters and these these things just you know having having someone with the the intelligence like Ardius is is a critical partner from my perspective and then when you were at your your last company here did you remember what the experience was like in claiming the credit back in oh, the day? It was all yeah in that case it was all people yeah right and we we paid uh one of the major accounting firms to come in and do a study and it cost a fair bit. And I would say what we ended up doing was making sure that that was almost baked into the amount of credit. So we went probably went back an extra year so we could afford to pay them the, <laughs> the service. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly, you know, back at, uh, you know, Ernst and Young, I mean, the, the, the studies back then were so labor intensive, right. Mm-hmm. It was a, a manual process. Uh, we had, you know, teams upon teams that traditionally would go out you know, on site, you know, we call it a war room, right? We'd mm-hmm. camp out mm-hmm. on site at the, at the client's uh, place. And like a lot of things were just so labor intensive. And so you could, you know, I, I remember uh, just uh, several years right before, you know, founding Ardius, right? Even in my own portfolio companies, we had uh, a company that had nine uh, employees. Mm-hmm. Right? Our credit was about, you know, 100, you know, 75, $180,000. And you know we got a quote from from the the mid tier and and big four companies and it almost cost uh, I think the proposal was about a hundred hundred twenty five k right it was actually more than half the credit, that the we credit. Were yeah getting. and it's because it, it's still very labor intensive there's a lot of documentation substantiation qualitative information mm-hmm. uh, that needs to be obtained but what we try to do with with Ardius is we've actually built in a lot of automation. Mm-hmm. Right, we're using you know uh, some machine learning. Uh, we're using a lot of the APIs you know that we've actually helped build out. You know, for most of these you know payroll companies, uh, you know, with you know your QuickBooks, your Zero, uh, FreshBooks, Sage, all these different applications we can now tap into, uh, and even software companies. I mean, you and I you know uh, mm-hmm. uh, invest a lot in SaaS-based like companies, right? Like we're looking into GitHub now, mm-hmm. right? Jira, right? We can go into different systems now and extrapolate some project tracking information to help quantitatively do these things that we ordinarily needed like a big team to do sure. before, right? And so that's that's where uh, it's really helpful to to work with startups, make it cost effective, 
right, for them to claim the credit, which is again, the whole intent of the credit to begin with was to keep innovation here in, in the US, right? And, That's right. and uh, make it eligible for, for, for companies to stay here. Uh, to do to do good work so yeah yep yeah makes it makes a ton of sense so the market is really heated up around this uh you have a couple competitors who have raised considerable recent rounds of funding what what do you think is causing that which is awesome i mean the industry is awesome yes. right now mm -hmm. uh, i think i think there's a couple of things right i think the the, the pandemic Number one has has kind of accentuated uh, non dilutive capital, like right? the PPP loan. PPP was a good yeah, example. EIDL, the you know, mm -hmm. the, you know uh, these loans that the government was giving out to help companies, and mm -hmm. when people got, for example, the PPP, right? They they also tied it to you know payroll tax, mm -hmm. right? How to defer that, right? And the R and D credit could actually help eliminate you know those. Uh, taxes so if you wanted the ppp forgiven right and most companies did you would have to stop the deferment of your your payroll taxes right so mm -hmm. you couldn't you know give with the right take with the left right and sure. people were looking for different ways to then go well how can we have our cake and eat it too because most companies were really struggling and so a lot of people found you know things like the r d credit and like wow this actually exists it's been around how did i not know about it and so i think you know having Actually, the government do a lot of the advertising for us. Mm -hmm. You know, started that whole snowball effect, right? Where it's like, wow, we should really start taking a look at tax credits, right? And anything that non-dilutive. So that's that's number one. And I think, two, it's people are just like, hey, taxes are are ripe for disruption, mm -hmm. right? It's such an archaic uh, space, right? It's it's uh, <laughs> I've always touted and joked, right? It's like uh, an accounting firm run by accountants, yep. and so we're like probably the last you know, group, I'll include myself, right, as an accountant, right, that, that is, that thinks of us as innovative, right, so we're trying to look at different applications, how, how we can do things differently, sure. right, it's, and so this makes all the sense in the world, if, if we really take a step back, right, we talk about the internal revenue code, mm -hmm. uh, it's all a bunch of rules, sure. algorithms, right, yeah. just depending on who's in office, these That's rules right. change, That's so right. rather than having to go in and manually, right, adjust and change you know, um, every single client, which is typically what we do, software makes all the sense in the world where mm -hmm. kind of top down, we can change it at the top level, right? And disseminate that information. We call it democratizing taxes, sure. right? Then we can get that information out uh, to, you know, to custom, you know, companies, right? To make sure they're, they're aware of it. They don't miss any deadlines, you know, at the, at the very least they should, you know, look into it is what we sure. like to say, so. Sure. That's an, you raise a really interesting point. I, I uh, was in the legal industry several years ago, and I found it really remarkable how resistant people were who bill their time to things that will make them more efficient so that they bill less time. And I think accounting firms are, are somewhat in that same vein where you go, well, why would I want to, like on the surface, it's easy for people to say, why would I want to cannibalize if I can charge all this money to do people's taxes, why would I want to, in, in theory, cannibalize my revenue? But it could fundamentally change the business model for the ones who really embrace it. And so some of these things, I think, as, as you would agree, are inevitable. You know, software yeah. process. I, I do agree. Just like everything point. else. Great point and great example is, you know, uh, we saw, you know, cap shares, e-shares, mm -hmm. and Carta. Mm -hmm. 
right? I mean, originally they, they came into the market wanting to just automate and give, you know, empower people to do their cap table. Sure. Cap table management. And at the time, you know, I think the legal profession or, you know, law firms were like, wow, this could really reduce our cannibalize to your, mm-hmm. to your, to your point, you know, our hours. But eventually there was this, you know, adoption, right? They're like, hey, this software actually is great. So rather than compete with, you know, these law firms, law firms started using them. That's right. Right. And so what we found is also, you know, in, in working with CPAs, right. Working with CFOs, controllers, Mm -hmm. like it wasn't, you know, we weren't like saying, Hey, we want to come in there and, and take over that function. Really. We're just being very complimentary, right. We want to be collaborative about, Hey, you know, this could be very labor intensive. We have a solution that, you know, expedites and makes it more efficient. Mm-hmm. right and can automate a lot of these things and and so now we've seen even um you know firms come to us right and asking if they can partner with us mm-hmm. right you know because inevitably i think we learned a lot like the first three to six months right of of Ardius, which was you know Ardius was always up here right the hero like Ardius found us you know 150 grand right mm-hmm. two hundred thousand dollars and it was great and inevitably it was like Hey, how did how do we miss this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, did we, you know, do we need to get a new CPA? Did we? No, sure. it was more like, hey, this is a very technical area. Yes. Right, and it gets missed all the time, and it's nothing on, you know, uh, CPAs at all, right? It's just there's a lot of things going on. Sure. Right, and and we get so busy, and so we've actually had firms come to us, you know, with one one client, and they're like, wow, we have you know 40 more, right, that actually could could use the same thing, and so. You know, we, we do this collaboratively. We work with them all the time now, you know, getting it filed, claimed, sure. substantiated. And it's, it's actually been more empowering to, to CPAs. Sure. Right. And, and other firms than, than actually cannibalizing it. So, yeah, I think you're expanding, you're expanding their service set, their, their exactly. scope of knowledge. It's like a doctor, you know, you, you're not going to get rid of your general practitioner, internal medicine physician because they miss some really, nuanced uh edge health case you, you can't expect them to know that all same with same with a cpa right so yeah it's a i think a completely fair uh analogy yeah i think it's a good that's a good analogy yeah a generalist and a specialist so we right. you know, we partner together right just to, mm-hmm. to make sure we optimize everything for for the clients so yeah i think it's great so you were doing a lot of investing and kind of i would call it venture building before Ardius, but you're doing kind of, you know, kind of what I'm doing now where you're involved in multiple things. What, what got you to say, I have to go all in on Ardius? Yeah, I, 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 it's a very interesting journey, right? And so just mm-hmm. to clarify venture building, right? It's a little different than venture capital, yes. right? Which is like, hey, venture capital, we're just investing and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of more, more support and corporate governance, right? Venture building, it's very different, right? We, we roll up our sleeves, mm-hmm. uh, we get our hands dirty and we're building teams, we're operational, we're everything to, and, and everything, right? Okay. To, to companies. And to a certain extent, we've even, you know, uh, uh, come alongside, right? And, and mm-hmm. we're actually part of the teams that we invest in. So outside of the capital we're building. So hence venture building. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it was great. I, and I, Love what you're doing, Carrie. I think what you're doing here, especially in SoCal, it's it's fantastic, right? Uh, love, love venture building. Um, and so, yeah, it was great. We we had a, 
uh, two funds, right? In the last, uh, it was like six and a half, seven years and mm -hmm. loved it. Uh, it was great. We had a portfolio of about 23 companies that Amazing. we made investments in and it was awesome. And it actually organically just happened, right? It was literally uh, these companies coming, you know, to, to us, you know, when they find out you're formerly a CPA, right? They're like, hey, free advice, right? Mm -hmm. So we, mm -hmm. naturally we're looking at their tax returns. We're looking at uh, financial planning. And again, all these things were just inevitably like, you know, to a T, right? Where's the R&D credit? Mm -hmm. Did you think about cost segregation? Did you do a 409A, like to do evaluation? Yep. What about your 83B election? Save yourself, yep. you know, some, some money here. And so literally we, we um, took all these companies, right? To, uh, you know, the, the EYs of the world, the, the mid-tiers, and we're like, hey, here's 23 companies we could really use to help. And, and you know, just inevitably, it was like they couldn't service us. They mm -hmm. just couldn't do it. We were just too small, right? Like, we're okay with the hit ratio, right, of 1 to 10. Sure. <laughs> 1 out of 10, you know, make it, right? But but not a, a service firm, right? It's like, hey, we can't, we can't even service you guys because you guys are too small. And so, you know, we ended up uh, looking at, what we could do for our companies. And we actually had uh, some in-house developers, right? At our venture building mm -hmm. you know, uh, company. And, you know, they, they said, Josh, why don't we try to automate this? Right. And, and so yep. like, automate taxes, what a, what a concept, right? And so I, I have a background, you know, at EY, I was like always thinking about how we could use new technologies and part of a, you know, and uh, thinking through that throughout the years. And so we actually ended up doing uh, just a prototype, right? Uh, this is like mm -hmm. summer of 2018 and it was rough and dirty, right? Just as, as any uh, prototype would be, but it, 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 it was serviceable, right? It worked. Sure. I mean, I had to take it across the finish line. I remember that, that summer, right? We, but it worked. And so that was really interesting that, you know, we could, we could uh, do that in a very short amount of time, number one. And, and number two, we then got started getting calls from, you know, accounting firms that, that again, based on my network, mm -hmm. I was like, Hey, Josh, are you, are you back in the accounting game? And I was like, no, I'm just, just doing this as more of a love project, honestly. Mm -hmm. Right. And that really uh, was true. And, and we ended up uh, at a very high level licensing our, our software very early on, right. To, to these companies. And so that kind of perpetuated the snowball. Right. And then I remember um, these two developers maybe having an intervention with me. It's like, Hey, Josh, we, really like for you to, you know, not just plug this into an accounting firm, but what about going door to door to, to actual startups, you mm -hmm. know? And so I was actually raising a, a third fund at the time. And I was recalling, you know, we don't have time to go door to door. Right. Um, but, but literally what, what I ended up doing was taking it to, you know, companies like yourself, right. Like, like operate mm -hmm. or at the time it was, you know, mucker, mm -hmm. right. Uh, yeah, and other, you know, venture building or, or, or more accelerator type, you know, models. And they have portfolio companies too. Mm -hmm. and so we ended up servicing uh, some of those funds as well. And it was the, you know, the encouragement of those accelerators. And, you know, they're like, hey, Josh, you should really consider going full-time. Like none of our companies have the service. You know, we've never heard of this thing. You know, we think this would be something that you should, you should go full-time in. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where it was like a heart to heart moment. Like you don't do anything, you know, half hearted. Right. And as you know, it's really difficult to do 
anything like, you know, entrepreneurial, just, you know, half time. Mm -hmm. So it was like running a fund and, you know, uh, starting up a company. So that's, that's when you know, made the decision, like, we're going to go full time on this and, and really go and give it a go. So have well, a look. The, yeah, it's a great, great story. And I think the, you know, the couple of things I take away are that, I mean, the market's pulling it. It's hard to, you know, at some point it's hard to resist when you just keep hearing that market pull. And I think as well, kind of the founder pull of, Hey, I, I'm a good fit with this market at the right time, which, you know, it's hard to de-risk these startups, as you were saying, you know, at times we're, we're forced to accept a hit rate that seems abysmally low, but when you're getting those kinds of pull signals, you probably can't ignore it. So I think you, you're smart enough to know that, that yeah, I, I probably need to go do this and uh yeah it's it's obviously working the only one that thought i was crazy was my wife but other than than her she everyone was you know super she's like gonna go back and be a founder let's let's do this right so no she's super super awesome she's uh, she knows tax was my original passion mm. which again it's it's almost people hear that they cringe like <laughs> but no i love it i mean i i love you know finding uh again challenges mm. and solutions right to mm -hmm. the things that again people just uh, don't either appreciate or don't want to think about, right? Which is like, again, going back to taxes. And so, yeah, th there's a good product uh, market fit, uh, you know, and, and still is right to, to the market. And then I think there's also that deep appreciation for the startup ecosystem, mm -hmm. right? Just because, again, naturally fitting with a lot of venture funds, their portfolios, having a, a, a deep uh, network, right yep. in that space like people like yourself right that we're good friends that we, we uh, uh that have portfolio companies and i think just wanting startups to succeed mm -hmm. right whether it be like through investing finding them non-dilutive capital sure. um, or even now it's funny because i used to I, I, you can empathize we would see pitch decks like every week every day we'd go mm -hmm. through like you know uh 10s 20s 30s hundreds right per month and and even now as, as artists, we're seeing just as many of those pitches because we get so many customers coming through our door. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome because it's, it's created a relevancy for, for my investor hat as well mm -hmm. um, to maybe even source you know, uh, you know, deal flow to other venture funds or mm -hmm. finding deal flow for, for good fits for them as they fundraise or maybe they're hitting that inflection point where they don't even know it because we're looking at their Sure. their books and saying, Hey, you guys should maybe consider raising, right? I think there's some good growth capital here that That's you right. could probably utilize to, to put gasoline to the fire here. And, and so some of these founders are just, uh, again, so new that they're like not even thinking about fundraising. And so truly being an advisor, you know, and, and again, anytime you find someone free money, they become your best friend. And so yes. they are like, Josh, Hey, you say jump, we say how high, like, let's tell me, who we should talk to, what we should do. And so that has been also a really uh, fun thing to watch. Mm -hmm. Let that evolve as we just, you know, it starts with the R&D uh, and the credits, but it, it leads to so much more, right? Finding sometimes a really good bookkeeper, finding good legal counsel, finding a, a really good fit investor, mm -hmm. right? For these companies. So we like to see ourselves, you know, expanding these verticals, you know, yeah, as well. Tot totally makes sense. There's a, you know, the, the data and the, interconnectedness uh, is incredibly valuable when, when you can help piece that together. And, and I think the other takeaway 
I talk a lot about this idea of trying to keep founders as best you can in their area of genius, particularly in those early stages, which usually their genius area is why they started the company in the first place. <laughs> and having to go figure out something like R&D tax credits, as an example, is something that could be greatly opportunistic, but is going to be dilutive from them and their area of genius, which is probably how they're going to, to win, right? And so we, we do a sure. lot of things in, in really trying to get them clear about that and then talk about the, the necessary, not strategic things, which I would say R&D tax credits are even outside of that, but you know, just making sure you have accounting or HR things in place. That's right. But you don't need to go figure those out. You're not going to get a gold star for doing it perfectly in the beginning. You need to get a great product that the market loves. And so that's always an interesting discussion. Yeah, it's so funny you mentioned like even thinking back, uh, you know, throughout the years, right? In my, in my own career, we, we were always touted and told, hey, be well-rounded, right? Mm -hmm. Be everything to all trades. And, and then in the latter half of my corporate life right we were so no you know focus on your strengths mm -hmm. you know know your strength and do it well right and and own it right and so yeah i, I think the same is true of of, of founders right like mm -hmm. follow your your, your passion i like, do what you love love what you do right mm -hmm. and chances of success are so much higher right and so if they're out there right not having to worry about their taxes okay. right or or these hr things right yeah or or business development you may be good at building but not selling that's, that's okay right. it's it's but it's recognizing that and i think you need some of these general it's it's, it's the puzzle making that's right that is the you know is the challenge but also the the for, for at least for me the fun yeah and i think that's the uh the, a reminder to all the you know entrepreneurs out there right it's like hey you started this for a reason like focus on that and you know, it's like your compass right if, if right. you get lost like you, know, you started this for for one particular reason and don't get distracted by all the other all the crazies we call it right, right. Uh, yeah. around you so that's right and and it's at the end of the day to do it great it's a team sport yeah that's right i mean that's uh, i can't say that enough right i mean just coming alongside and finding the right people mm -hmm. and a team like they say like no entrepreneur is an island right that kind of right. mentality right you definitely need the support of uh uh you know smarter people in the room, I guess, you know, so that's right. That's great. Well, let's talk about the SoCal startup ecosystem. You referenced some of the folks that are part of it that you, you've been deep in. You, you've been, you're, you're from here, you know, you spent a lot of time here. You've also spent a lot of time in the Bay Area. As you think about the difference between the two, how, how would you describe that? Yeah, Silicon Beach, shout out to Silicon Beach. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, Definitely, uh, I can see a lot of uh, differences in, you know, the way even investors, you know, mm -hmm. are taking a look at, at companies, right? We were uh, certain valuations, mm -hmm. you know, uh, expectations, right, uh, for companies. And I, th I still think LA is a very unique spot, mm -hmm. right? I, in, in our first and second fund, we, we focused a lot on, you know, entertainment, mm -hmm. right? We're still the you know, entertainment capital. Mm -hmm. uh, in the world, right? With Hollywood, we looked at things like, you know, IP, mm -hmm. right? Like uh, a lot of stuff with the, the major studios in our backyard, right? Content creation, uh, content. So, I mean, it's, 
there's a lot of sticking points, right, to, to LA. And, and I think the numbers can't ignore it, right? There's mm-hmm. like a lot of winners that are coming out from here. And, um, and even in the space, like we're talking about, um, you know, taxes and, you know, audits and accounting, like even from my own high school, right? I have people that, that came out from the same high school, from the same firm, right? And starting up SaaS-based, you know, startups, right? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, so uh, I think the, the startup culture is, is taking a foot as well, right? It kind of all changed with the pandemic again, because now we're all work from home, but mm-hmm. you know, just the, the work-life culture in LA is something to, to, to really behold and witness, right? Just in terms of how easy access we have to, you know, to, to the beaches and to the weather mm-hmm. and to, to everything else. But, but that definitely, you can see a difference in, in uh, you know, how even venture funds are looking at, you know, LA right now, right? And mm-hmm. Silicon Beach here, so. But yeah, I, I think that's, that's, you know, taken uh, a hold and it's continued to, to thrive actually, right? We've, I, I don't think it's ever been hotter, right? And in, mm-hmm. in, in uh, down south. So we've had a lot of good exits as well. And even, you know, aqua hires or acquisitions, right? In the last uh, several years, so yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely on the rise, and and I think you you highlight some of the key strengths that we have as a region that are relevant to where the world is going, right? You know, the storytelling, the creator. Um, there's you know, a lot of discussion about kind of passion creator economy uh, that's been unlocked certainly over the last year, even more so than before. And, yeah, I think, I think yeah. it's, a, it's a, what I call convergence, right? Mm-hmm. So a good example, you know, we had a couple of startups, uh, you know, working with uh, CAA, right? Mm-hmm. And, and working with sports influencers, celebrities, right? Uh, major influencers who now with all these different platforms, right? Uh, can really help drive, you know, user acquisition, uh, advertising, marketing, mm-hmm. right? And even like I said, a lot of sports athletes we work with, right, know that their their brand and shelf life, right, for their brand uh, has a certain window, and they're you know all about utilizing their brand, and mm-hmm. they're such a good fit from, you know, who, you know, is accessible here, and you know, mm-hmm. just in our backyard of who we could get, right, for a certain product, right, and and they're getting more savvy now too, right? It's like oh, you know, uh, want to invest or you know have equity. And, and lend you know to their talents right on 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 that stuff so even on the the operational side it's it's fascinating to see you know even that group get in, involved mm-hmm. right with startups it's it's now cool maybe it's i don't know shark tank and like sure. silicon valley you know the the show it's it's become mainstream right that that startups are a cool thing so mm-hmm. i think that even the, the the talent pool right before the pandemic which was like you mentioned usc ucla in our backyard right here, right? The, the talent pool is amazing, mm-hmm. um, so. Yeah, and I think we're, we're finally seeing that they believe they can start it here, build it here, grow yeah. it here, as opposed to feel like they have to be pulled to Northern California or New York or, or someone else. That's, that's encouraging, obviously, as well. well. That's on you, that's totally on you because it's, it's, it's companies like operate what you do right that say hey we're going to be here in socal we're right here right and we're going to support you know the the startup ecosystem right and just yeah 
you know, even my experiences with you guys have been amazing. It's just been, you know, the, the help, the advice, right? And again, having done it before and as an investor too, like there's certain things that it's the minutia of the, the trees in the forest, right? It's, mm-hmm. you know, the, the reminders, like, yeah, I like, should know this stuff, but, you know, having someone like yourself who's more objective that has done it, can walk the walk, talk the talk, it's like, oh, yeah, all, every step of the way, right? And I think that's where that wasn't here before right? That mm-hmm. was very far and few between. And if you didn't get, you know, uh, that traction, you're just easily maybe more prone to either to, to look elsewhere, right? Sure. Or maybe have to relocate, go up right. north. you know, I think even Portland or Texas, right? You'd have to go somewhere else to try to get a foothold. But, but I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely helpful to have someone like yourself. Well, thank you. Yeah, we're, we're just, you know, one, one node, but I, th- I think your point is, is a good one, which is, I think you've got a lot more of that network and support system in place and hopefully more, more as, as we see more success and experience occur here. So as you think about, you know, you're mentioning kind of, Hey, you know, you've done a lot, you have a lot of experience but we all have gaps in our skills. If you think about the key things that you felt like gave you the confidence, obviously you have the domain experience around mm-hmm. tax. Um, you've been doing venture building. What, what were the key gaps that you knew that you had when, we were, when you were starting that you felt like, hey, I need to address and fill these right away? Yeah, I think it is, and maybe it's more just, pervasive and personality, but as a, again, going back to uh, being an accountant mm-hmm. for 13 and a half years, right, uh, at EY and, and just being, maybe it's an innate personality, but uh, just looking at and identifying risks, that was like mm-hmm. my job, right? And so identifying risk and not seeing the reward, right? For sometimes like in being an entrepreneur, making that jump, mm-hmm. right? And it's, I think it's pervasive among everyone, it's just in general, like just the fear of failure. Mm-hmm right, is something that I had to overcome as a gap, right, because I had domain expertise, and even from the beginning, right, like, even helped, you know, the, the folks who even drafted the regs mm-hmm. on the R&D credit, like, I know this space inside and out, I can breathe this, right, but still being able to make that jump in as an entrepreneur, right, and saying, okay, I'm gonna, you know, not fear uh, failure, mm-hmm. right, that's tough, mm-hmm. right, and again, that goes back to the support system, mm-hmm. right? Of having investors that believe or come alongside to encourage or, uh, or have done it, right? And said, no, this, this we know can work. We wanna try things that are in your favor, right? Mm-hmm. And, and here are the mistakes that we made along the way. So we can avoid these, you know, potholes, right? So that's a huge gap, right? Like just trying to, to overcome like, okay, I'm gonna just identify 10 risk items and not and not see the, you know, the, the way to succeed and see the, the upside. That for me is, you know, something that I look for in entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. right? It's like, do you fear failure? And I think it'd be a good thing too, right? I mean, it, it propels you to succeed, yeah. Yeah. but it's also not being afraid to, to fail or not afraid to, to take on challenges. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, because it's finding that right balance, right? Yeah. Where, where again, you know, if you're willing to have that, objective partner and it could be your business partner it could be mm-hmm. your investor it could be a mentor it could come in a lot of forms but i think having that i think it's a great great point that having someone we we talk a lot about how we we really view sometimes ourselves as just 
being that mirror to hold it up to the founder and say, hey, you know, are, are we looking at this from every angle? Um, are we being self-aware enough yeah. uh, of what the opportunity is or the risks or uh, because, yeah, if you, I mean, you had every reason you have the, the domain expertise to go do this probably better than anybody else can. And so that's the opportunity, but your training probably was a, a bit of a counterbalance. Yeah, it's, it's, and maybe it was, again, just, again, uh, the space that we're in, we're always trained, you know, as a, as an auditor or as an mm -hmm. accountant, right? You're just looking at risk all the time, but, but I think there's, there's good reasons for that right and that, and that could be a good thing but also to kind of break out and, and not fear you know uh feeling but you know they, they say it's cliche but failing forward sure. failing fast even failing cheaply right just mm -hmm. hey it's an iterative process and most startups as you know like it'll never end up the way you started that's right right so it's probably easier just to to do quicker iterations of that mm -hmm. right like eric reese right and yeah in the in the lean startup method, methodology, right? Those are things that I think have a lot of merit, right? And For sure. Well, I mean, he he'll even say it's really not about months of runway. It's mm -hmm. the number of potential pivots that, like, your 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 you know, how much capital do you have? How many pivots uh, so will that allow you? Because yeah. it's more important that than it is actual time. That's right. Yeah, how much you can. Uh, so that that's where things are very like organic, right? No, no two weeks are the same in a, in a startup is what I like to, to prepare founders for, right? It's like, yeah. And that's where having that team, right, is so crucial because, mm -hmm. I mean, there's going to be some weeks where you just, yeah, just bouncing off the walls, right? Ideas, right? And then honing in that focus, right? Mm -hmm. to, to actually try, you know, that, that next iteration, right? Making sure that it's the best chance that, you know, with the best information you have right? To do something, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Well, we're coming up on time, Josh. What, what do you feel like, I mean, you're, you're still early in this artist journey, but what do you feel like you've learned about yourself that has kind of surprised you in this one versus other things? Wow, yeah. that's a great question. I, you know, I'm surprised how much I, I still enjoy it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, the founding side is very different than the investing side. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I would have thought, man, there's been some obviously longer nights, right? And just uh, burning the midnight oil again, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you do too. I'm not saying that, sure. that you don't, but it's it's a little different of a feeling when like, you know, those beginning stages where, you know, uh, you got to make it work, right? Mm -hmm. Or you got to, you know, figure out what that next, you know, partnership, that next channel, that next customer is, and you're just like hungry for it. Mm -hmm. And so it, it almost felt like... Um, it wasn't work because I enjoyed it so much, right? It's like, mm -hmm. they say, if you love what you do, you'll never have to work a day in your life, that kind yeah. of mentality. And so- but and that's that, a strategic advantage, really. It I mean, is. If, I, if everybody it, else looks at it as work and you look at it as play, I mean, it, it's- It's, it's so dangerous. It's so yeah. dangerous because again, you know what, what is very different is uh, uh, life stage, mm -hmm. right? So as I you know, did this in my early twenties, right? Uh, you know, single individual. Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know if you guys see my kids' artwork up here. I mean, it's like mm -hmm. uh, working from home here, but it's literally, I, I you know, have a family now, you know, uh, uh, four kids. You know, they're, they're, they're ultimately my four startups, right? Like, mm -hmm. literally. Amazing. And it's funny is I have to catch myself, right? And it's a very different um, enjoyment because like they, like my oldest is now 11 
and he'll ask me what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's very different this time around where I can show him, Hey, daddy's talking to you know, this company, right? Because we want to do a partnership. We want to work together or this is a customer of RDS. And so seeing the light bulb go off for him, right. Is, and he's taking some coding classes, by the way. So he's taking like Python. Very cool. And so, yeah, it's being able to integrate some family life into this, mm-hmm. this time around is also very special um, yeah. versus other times where it was more just like me and I could, you know, just do, do it till the cows come home mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right. So, well, I'll tell you, I mean, that was a big reason why I, you know, why, why we did operate is I felt like th- this is probably the best chance for me to be my best combination of builder and investor. And I think I'll be better at home because of it. Right. I mean, just like when you're activated, like you are right now, I think you, you are, you're better in every area of life. Yeah. Again, you just, uh, again, are in that sweet spot, right? We call mm-hmm. it just, Hey, you feel like you're in that convergence of all these prior experiences coming together, right. As investor operator mm-hmm. builder, you know, and it's all coming together. Like, you know, again, for me, great to, to, to found something that, that I think can help startups, mm-hmm. which again, that's where I want to be. Yes. And then secondly, still having an investor hat on where I could help companies navigate through, you know, fundraising, right. Or mm-hmm. finding the right partner mm-hmm. uh, or right, right investor, right. To do what they do. And then alongside just seeing them grow. Like I think, again, seeing, uh, you know, obviously the, as they grow, so is their R and D credits. So, you know, they're, mm-hmm. it, it's self-serving in that sense, but it is a cycle, right? It's like, wow. So different from, from the last year, right. That we worked with a mm-hmm. company of three is now a company of 30. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just like, it's that ultimate joy of, uh, it's that pride, right? Seeing your customers grow uh, into that. So, um, yeah. Super so, cool. Yeah. Well, Josh, thank you for coming on the pod with me. And love it. Yeah. Thanks know, for having me. Thanks for sharing. You just, you, I always appreciate how just present and open you are and, and giving you are. And, you know, it's been so awesome to see how quickly Artius is growing. You, you know, you are the, the three to 30 kind of story yourself right now. And I feel so grateful to be along on the ride with you guys. Yeah, likewise. So we, we could have done it without you guys. So appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Operate Podcast. If you like this conversation, as a favor to me, you can rate us, review us, or subscribe, or tell your friends. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Operate Podcast. Until next week, get out there and operate.